And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Nick from the P2W Fantasy Podcast here with Kevin on another weekly show as we step into week four of the NFL. It feels like it's almost uh, going a little bit too quick. We anticipate all these games every Sunday. They hit, and then it's on to the next week. Um, Kevin, Kevin, before we talk about anything, I I don't want to talk about numbers. I don't want to talk about, you know, this guy did this, but – I will say I took my L in the one league we're in uh, against you. I, I, it was posted on Twitter. I don't know who posted the scoreline and said <laughs> anything about it, but it was posted. Um, so outside of that, how how'd your, how the rest of your, your fantasy weeks go? Your hey, week I had go? to give you some crap. All right? I had to just I, I started Zach Wilson and I won. That's all I got. And Mac Jones. Those are my two starting quarterbacks in that league. I really got to figure my life out in there because uh, I, I I don't know, uh, but no, it was pretty good. Hey, Cowboys looked great on Monday, and we we ran up the Eagles, and so that was a lot of fun, uh, and, and we took care of that. But I, first, I need to ask you, uh, how do you feel about the Bears, Nick? Like, what is going on with your boy Nagy? And like, listen, I'm a Fields guy. I think Fields is going to be great, but they didn't him no favors on Sunday. They didn't they didn't do his strengths. I read about it, Fantasy Pros. I said he's a buy right now because they didn't elevate any of his strengths and they just, it looked like crap. Like what is your opinion? What the hell is going on with Nagy? I, I will say that I went into the game thinking that, and I made the comparison because uh, Tyrod Taylor looked great against the Cleveland Browns. Right. But in that game, it was so cringeworthy, so hard to watch because I, I felt like fields got hit on every other play. I mean, he's not, now number two, in the league for sacks and he started one game this season. So that just kind of tells you how his day went. Um, I was with a bunch of other bears fans, obviously being in the Chicagoland area, very frustrating game as far as like not letting him throw the ball at first and then trying to get like cute with what he was doing with the ball in his hands and like the the actual uh, plays that were called. And there's a big mixture of things that were wrong. So everybody points to Matt Nagy and I thought the play calling was shit. Like I, I'll, I'll just say that and be honest about it. I thought it was shitty, but at the same time, our offensive line looked as if they just opened the door every time because there was minimal blocking at all. Guys had a field day on fields, not, no pun intended, but literally just got to the quarterback nonstop. And then I will also say on a, on a last note, um, when he did have some time, he was kind of forcing the first read, every now and then and, and didn't look phenomenal, but when you're getting hit nonstop and the time in the pocket is so bad, I mean, what do you expect from a guy who just thrown into the fire with all those circumstances? Um, but yeah, not a, not a good day at the office for him. I think I called a hot take that he was going to take down the Browns and he himself just got taken <laughs> down over and over and over again. Um, do you, you think, you think, uh, you think he gets to start this week and turns things around or did it look that bad that you, you don't have the confidence there? No, I, I think he's – well, he should get the star. I think he's going to turn things around. I, I, I like Fields. I think he can. I just – I worry about Nagy. Uh, to me, personally, like, I, I worry about that whole situation. Uh, it's, and I just don't like what he does. I, I think – I actually wrote down I think he's the worst coach in the NFL after Urban Meyer. Like, I think he's just – he's unimaginative. Uh, there's a great ringer piece about Fields, and I would go check it out at the ringer, and it talked about just how unimaginative the play calling was, what he was trying to do out there. Um, if you look at his throwing chart, everything was five to ten-yard curls. Like, there was just nothing that opened up. They didn't get him on the run, and I, and I understand that. So, I, I just don't – I don't understand it. So, for me, uh, I, I, I just felt bad for you watching that game because, I, you know, it's, it's tough being a Bears fan. Like, I, I know that. Man, Cowboys fan, yeah. it's tough being a Cowboys fan. We haven't really been good either, but we at least have a quarterback. And like, I have Dak now, and Dak looks legit. Dak looks like he's grown up as a quarterback and oh, yeah. he's making pre call reads and everything like that. So, I just felt bad watching Fields. And I hope that you get a head coach like Joe Brady or someone that comes in there that is an offensive minded guy that actually knows how to run an offense and it'll help you. But that ownership, I don't know, man. Oh, man. Get rid of Pace's ass too at the same time. I mean, yes. it's just and pace. frustrating. Sure. Yeah. So, so frustrating. So frustrating. Could he play better? Sure. But literally, like, come on, man. Getting hit nonstop. He's second in the league in sacks. I'm just going to go over the same stuff over and over again. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. So what we got going on today as we approach week four is that we'll do a quick recap of some of our calls from the, the previous week, from the starts that we suggested. Uh, then we'll go into some droppable guys that um, haven't performed well enough to keep them on your rosters and our opinions. Um, from there, go into uh, a sleeper, some other topics, and of course, finish with some starts of the week four. Week four. 
As always, this podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group. Go check out fantasypoints.com. I'm on there every single day preparing for podcasts, preparing for my leagues, looking up different data, looking at articles from some of the best in the business. So go check it all out at fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. You can use my discount code 21WIN10. And if you are listening or uh, viewing this live on Twitter, their new integration does not allow us to see the comments. So we do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. I can see on my phone how many people are watching. It doesn't actually add up to what's on my screen here and the comments are not showing, but really do appreciate it. And uh, stick with us here as we get into the show. All right, so as always, let's let's recap some of our suggestions from last week. I'll just read them all off, and then Kevin, anything that stands out to you, you uh, you let me know. So. I said Daniel Jones. You said Sam Darnold. Daniel Jones, on my part, not really a good call there. QB 20 for the week. Sam Darnold, though, continues to be red hot. He was a QB 5. Awesome game again from him. I said Austin Eckler. He was the the, uh, RB 8. You said James Robinson. He was the RB 4. So really good game out of James Robinson. Eckler, we kind of expect that, but both guys performed as top 10 running backs. I said Robert Woods, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. He was terrible. Wide receiver 65. C.D. Lamb was your suggestion. He was uh, the wide receiver 50 um, on the week. So our, our wide receiver calls, which is the hardest call to make because it's so deep, not the best there. Uh, Austin Hooper was my tight end against the Bears. Tight end 15 for the week. He did score a touchdown, but nothing too good to stand out there. And then Evan Ingram was yours at tight end 37. Not the, not the best week out of him. So no. pros, cons. Throw throw anything out there about some of these performances uh, for from our calls. And again, what we do each week is we call out our starts of the week, and it's just guys that we think are going to outproduce what people expect them to. So sometimes it's obvious, like I said, Austin Eckler, but maybe he was projected to be like RB ten or twelve or something like that. Uh, same with like James Robinson, you called. He was RB four. He probably wasn't expected to be the RB four of the week. So and and any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pick James Robinson. I've been a noted hater of him, but I, I did think that he had a uh, a great matchup against Arizona, and that's what I kind of went with. And he got an end zone, obviously. And I think the targets is what I like the most from Robinson right now. He's got six targets. I know uh, Visca truthers out there are hating those targets because that's going to definitely hurt Visca. But, you know, six targets, six receptions, very efficient, 88 yards. And I thought that was a good – a good, and it looks like he's out working Hyde now. So I think James Robinson is going to kind of go back to that running back too. But if he can find the end zone, they can do it that way. I, I think that was, for me, a good call. As far as CD goes, man, he was open a lot. And he just – like he was wide open on that touchdown, a fourth down. And Dak, I don't know what the hell Dak was looking at. Dak did not see him at all. Uh, so I do think that like CD would have had a better game. But overall, I mean, Darnold, baby. I mean, to me, Darnold is still a legitimate. Now, I'm in a weird spot this week, though, because Darnold plays the Cowboys. So now I have oh. to hope that I have to hope Darnold plays OK, but we win, which I think is going to happen. Uh, but we have a defense that I think is rated 13th right now. Diggs is playing great. Like, I think Darnold, you might want to sit Darnold this week. Uh, me and my other uh, co-host, Jacob, have a, have a bet right now because he says Darnold is the streaming option to run with. And I said, I don't know, man. Our defense is a lot better than people give him credit to. So I think this week I'd sit Darnold. But I think Darnold's playing well. I think so. I think so, too, because, I mean, the expectations off of what he's done in his career, not very high. But for a guy that's scoring in the 20s on a consistent basis here, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. And uh, he's clicking well with the likes of DJ Moore, which I absolutely love. And um, even with uh, CMC out of the picture, it'll be interesting to see against the Cowboys because they actually they, they have been have been solid. I, I haven't been paying attention just as much, but I do recall two times the name Parsons uh, thrown out there. Has he been really stepping up his game? 
or was that just a few times I'm, I'm paying attention to the game? No, Parsons, hey, man, I, I'm sorry, Parsons. I was very upset when we drafted you because I wanted a cornerback and I wanted an offensive tackle. But they moved Parsons to DN because Lawrence is hurt. He has a broken foot. And he's been a very good uh, – Just he's been a, he's just like a – he's a joker guy. Just going back there, he's going to find that linebacking spot. He's going to find that, that DN spot. I still hate Jalen Smith, and I still hate uh, Vander Esch. They suck. And they cannot guard anybody. So, like, let's be real here. Like, that's why running backs to me are going to be in a, a big game. That's why Chuba Hubbard's not a bad pick this week because they are. I'm glad CMC's not playing because if he was, we'd be in trouble because they cannot guard their running backs. So, I do think there's going to be that. I just think that Darnold, if he's put in a position where he's going to have to really, really push down the field, I think that Diggs and those guys with that pressure that you're going to see, I think he can make some mistakes. Yeah, and looking at uh, Darnold as well, I mean, two out of the three matchups weren't really too tough as far as what the, the defense offered. Uh, the Saints was the interesting one just because they almost, I said, said the joke before and only I laughed at it, but they almost sent uh, Aaron Rodgers back to, to Jeopardy. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, before I get too much into that, I said that at a wedding this weekend. So my, <laughs> my, uh, my wife's father got got married. So they had a reception, everybody had some drinks and he, her, her father comes up to me and he's like, Hey, go talk to this guy about uh, Aaron Rodgers." And I thought he was a bears fan. I'm in the Chicago land area, you know? And I, I made that joke. He didn't think it was funny at all. And he's like, I, I don't know what you're trying to get at this, but back to the point, <laughs> the saints were really good against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers that very next week, Sam Darnold was successful against them, yes. but he's got to keep the streak going on uh, as he plays another good defense. Um, Sam Darnold, 19.06, 18.9, and then his best outing last week for fantasy, 25.26. Very good there. So let's let's look at uh, the topic of dropping people because I, I've seen it all over Twitter, Kevin. Everybody, right after this this week three set of games, they, they go out there and you see so many people that say, this person is droppable now. And sometimes... Sometimes it might be accurate. Sometimes it might be kind of borderline. Other times people are just like mad at their own personal matchups and they, they blurt out, you know, big names that should never be dropped. But uh, I think it's important to look at some, some guys that maybe be sitting on your bench and it might be time to move on because the waivers, obviously maybe they're not the best this week, but they still are. Uh, uh, they're still guys that are available to improve your team, and you kind of have to shift and pivot in in redraft season. So my big question to start things off is, who's somebody? We'll, we'll go two guys each here, just to uh, throw out a couple names. Who's somebody that you think at this point of the year you you feel is droppable um, and doesn't need to be rostered right now, just based off our performances so far uh, in this fantasy season? Yeah, you know, uh, for my first is Cole Komet. I think that he got talked to. I don't know where Cole Komet got talked up at. I heard him everywhere on Twitter. Like I know Chicago guy, I get it. Uh, but with the way that offense looks, and just with I don't know what people are doing with tight ends at this point. Like that 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 can't be a tight end that you have rostered at all. Uh, he's had you know he had seven targets the first game, and then he had one and four targets. He only had one catch though, eleven yards. Hasn't looked great. Like to me, he's drop. You got to drop him. Like you have to. Like there, I don't see any explanation for why you keep him on your roster in redraft uh, at this point. Even if you have a deep bench, because look, if you look at the tight end landscape, even then, I don't think it's. I just don't see it. I don't see it at all with him. Uh, and so that that's one. And then my other one is Lavisca Chanel. To be honest with you, like. I, you know, one of my buddies, Christian, made a joke a couple weeks ago, like a week ago, not even a joke. He said, you might want to be able to drop LaVisca. He got a lot of crap for it from all the analytics guys because the analytic guys are kind of bullies. Uh, and they said, no, you can't look at all this stuff. And you look at the targets. But we've consistently seen his targets drop. He went from 10 to 7 to 4. And, yeah, he was efficient, 4 for 4, 4 receptions, 4 targets last game, hitting 48 yards. But if he's not getting any touchdowns and if they're not getting any rushing upside, they're not really using him. Like, in terms of, like, what you see from him out there, like if they're going to use James Robinson more, they're going to use Hyde more. Marvin Jones, DJ Chark's not going to have that great of a year, but it doesn't look like LaVisca's kind of going there. I made the joke that LaVisca Chenault is Denard Robinson just with muscles, and I got kind of skewered on the last pod for that. Like I'm not a LaVisca guy. I haven't been. I think his price outweighs who he is. So I think he could be droppable depending on how deep your leagues are. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Obviously, depends on the depth of your league, but I'm in some leagues for redraft that have – eight bench spots and then there's some that have like four or five so um it could be the case that you have to move on I'm, I'm in one home league right now where i have lavisca and 
it's not really helping me out. And I'm 0-3 in that. I, I came in second last year, and now I'm, like, super pissed off because I look like I'm, like, I was a one-time, you know, championship <laughs> runner. But LaVisca, 20 targets in three games, only for 95 total yards. So the yardage is not there. He's not scoring. So you're really banking on, like, you're kind of getting at him to score and, and, and yeah. to maybe have some sort of big increase in yards, but he's not really been utilized in that way. Um, Cole Komet, as a Bears fan, as a Notre Dame fan, as a Cole Komet fan, I, I agree, and it's because if you look the last two weeks, nothing tells you that he should be rostered. The first week I was excited because he came out and he had seven targets, and I'm a huge target guy. Like, give me the if it doesn't amount to a good game, but a guy sees seven, eight targets at the tight end position, I'm interested because it's going to happen. But week one, seven targets, and then the next two weeks, nothing, nothing. And the offense does not look good at all. And I want to piggyback off of that because my guy um, that I selected, one of my guys is Adam Troutman, who last he's been on the field a lot, but it looks like he's a blocker because he ran a total of 10 routes with one target last game, 10 routes. Yeah. And he was on the field for most of the game. So he's not doing anything as far as, you know, being a pass catching tight end. And a lot of people really, really liked Adam Troutman going into the year and you know, I get it because there was not a lot of guys that were, you know, verified pass catchers within this team. But the Saints offense isn't really throwing the ball a ton for one. And then for two, if that's the amount of uh, routes he's going to run in a game, that's super concerning. So I think at the tight end position, you have to make decisions. And if guys aren't really panning out, you need to move on and find guys that are. Because I look at this list here, I got a, a handful of guys. And I wrote Everett as one, but now he's got uh, COVID. I just saw, so we'll take him yeah. out. But your your Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, I take before Troutman and Komet right now. The target he's having good fantasy weeks as far as getting involved. Uh, uh, Conklin from the the uh, the Vikings. Um, Dawson Knox is getting more involved. Pat, uh, I never can say the name Freermuth. Uh, all these guys, all these guys are more productive in fantasy than Troutman and Komet, who had the higher draft pick mm -hmm. and higher higher names so i think it's time to move on if you got these guys i, I agree with kevin troutman's my guy there too um paris hey, Campbell, schultz, Dalton no, schultz tied in five baby like he's tied in five right now he's at 40 points he's ahead of george kittle so yep. in ppr so if you look at that i mean and the other guy's jared cook too i'd probably look at what jared cook and the targets that he's got in that offense like i would probably take him over troutman and and commit and uh if you look at a guy like Schultz, 26 points last game. The first week he had 10.5, which, you know, it's not burning you. Some of these other guys, they're burning you they're because burning they're you. only getting targeted once and they're not catching balls. Um, yeah. The the point with those guys I listed as well, all of them were under uh, rostering under 14% of ESPN leagues this morning. So they're probably free just chilling on the waiver wire. And if you are juggling a tight end that's struggling, if you don't have – one of the certified top guys, then then find guys that are actually getting the volume and, and, and doing well for fantasy. There's no point in stashing and, and holding right now, in, in my opinion, for redraft. Yeah. Um, other guy, Paris Campbell. I'm not interested. I wasn't really interested to, uh, before, in all honesty. And I I understood the reasonings to why people were. But he was a name that was tossed around a lot. But he trailed Pascal and Pittman in snaps last game. Uh, Pascal had seven targets. Pittman had 12, which is a lot last game. Um, T.Y. Hilton's coming back. I don't know what that means, really. Uh, this guy's had an abdomen injury recently. He came off of an Achilles injury. I think it's I think it's time to move on. I think he was projected like six points uh, on fantasy um, for this upcoming week. So, uh, any interest in Campbell at all? Is he a stash or is it not even worth it? I love Paris Campbell, but no, I mean, if, if, if Pascal, those guys are getting out snapping you and they're out playing you, like, I don't see any relevant information to be like, yeah, pick Campbell's keeping there. You guys get rid of him. He's a roster clogger. Uh, and you know, uh, maybe next year, fourth year player, right? Maybe we'll get back on this train next year. Uh, but yeah, Paris Campbell, I'm out. And it's tough for redraft because, <laughs> Yeah, there's guys you really go into the season liking and a lot of redraft benches are not very deep. No. So like the guy behind me, one of the guys behind me, not the not the the RB that's like a wide receiver in Najee Harris uh, based off last game. But the other guy, Elijah Moore on the wall behind me, really, really like Elijah Moore. Like I, yeah. I've been pounding the table for Elijah Moore. I'm in I'm in two redraft leagues where he is 
looking like a roster clogger right now. I, I kind of want to hold, but I think you have to kind of determine, like, if I'm not winning these matchups and there's guys that are scoring well on the waiver wire, you, you have to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a league that have, we have four bench guys. That's it. Like ESPN four yeah. bench guys. And it's right. just an old school league that I don't like, but it's all my buddies. They like, they don't like to switch it up. Like you have to get rid of dudes. Like I think I picked Ayuk up this year week on waivers cause he was on the waivers. So like, that's the kind of leagues that a lot of people are playing in. They're not playing in leagues like us, like where we have 40 guys and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's a little different out here. There's leagues that some people are in. They got like uh, high school kids and middle school kids, um, that's like the yeah. super deep Debbie leagues, but yeah, uh, on a similar negative note, um, and then maybe we can go forward into some positives here, but on a similar negative note, another big question for you, Kevin, um, disappointments, obviously you're going to run into them in fantasy, you know, people are not going to perform at the highest of levels on a weekly basis from weeks one through 17 in general. But for you personally, so who's, who's somebody that maybe you considered like a, my guy, or you had a lot of faith in going into the year that you're a bit concerned about and has just been disappointing so far for, for fantasy who comes to mind with that, uh, that question. Yeah. To me, it's Kenny Galladay. And the reason why is I always thought like where he was getting drafted, he was a value. So I think he was, you know, he was getting drafted. I basically, basically as a wide receiver three. And I always said like, Hey, if he's going to draft as a wide receiver three, that's good value because there's no way Kenny Galladay is not going to be the wide receiver one of that team. I never called him an alpha. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's an alpha. No, I just thought he was going to be the best wide receiver in that team. I think I underestimated how bad Danny Dimes is. And I did see someone on Twitter say, can we stop calling him Danny Dimes because he doesn't throw dimes? And I think that's fair. I think we need to oh, we, oh. we need to we need to sit that one out. Like I I think when you look at his law, his accuracy, what he does, what Galladay does do is he can burn, but he can't create separation. What Stafford used to be able to do is hit him anywhere. It didn't matter. What Danny, what Danny, Danny, Danny not dimes does is he, he doesn't want to throw it because he can't hit that accuracy. He can't make those passes. And so that's why you get checked down. Danny he goes to Sterling Shepard, all these guys. Like, so I think for me, Galladay, I underestimated how bad Daniel Jones was. I over, oh, maybe I, and I underestimate, I should have not done this. This is how dumb I am. Jason Garrett's offense is so terrible and it was always going to be bad. I should have known better. Uh, I, I just don't know, like, if that offense fits well. He's already yelling at Garrett. They he already rumblings that they said they were going to pass the ball more vertically down the field, but they aren't doing it. So, like, there's a lot of negatives to go around, and I'm just really disappointed. Now, he hasn't had, like – obviously, has not been amazing, but he, he still has, you know, four catches in two games. He has had 60 yards, 64 yards in two games. Like, if he can score, we'd be talking a whole different thing. But I just worry about that, or that giant offense. In the – the likes of Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are up for grabs right now yeah. uh, for health. So that might give him a slight boost, but at the same time, the guy has scored exactly 10.4 fantasy points twice now. And then the third time it was 6.8. So he's not having good weeks where you are comfortable sliding him in. So we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, the potential of both those other wide receivers. I mean, I'm not a big Slayton guy to begin with, um, you know, but he's had some okay games outside of like that one huge drop pass that he had for a touchdown uh, unless he was overthrown uh, yeah. whatever you however you want to look at it but Sterling Shepard's been awesome so uh with both those guys potentially being out we'll see what Kenny Galladay looks like but he's not doing anything for you in a positive way to help you win your matchups though so far this season so TBD I was excited though I was excited about him too um especially when he was juggling where he was gonna go and stuff he's a Chicago guy went to the same high school as my dad but obviously different years so uh, always, you know, always had a soft spot for Kenny Galladay, but hoping that it swings up right now. Uh, the same goes for my guy, Bobby Trees, man. Robert Woods, Ugh. man, Tough. man. Tough right now. I was so excited about him with Stafford because all all signs pointed in the right direction. He was so involved, and I'm I'm thinking to myself like, the quarterback's better. Even though you know, I that's my guy, Jared Goff, but the quarterback's better. <laughs> Obviously, Matt Stafford's better. But I thought, like, hey, improved quarterback, that's a plus. Sean McVay loves Robert Woods, uh, I thought, you know, and I thought that he'd be a bigger piece of this offense because they extended him and they use him in creative ways, and he historically has gotten some nice, nice targeted games. But it's not looking that way at all. He looks like a 
de facto Robin to Cooper Cup being Batman. Like, that's just yeah. the comparison that comes to mind right away. He scored in the 12s twice for fantasy. And then when I call him as my start of the week because I said they're going to get this guy going, last week he scored 6.8 fantasy points. His targets, 4, 9, and 6 across the three weeks for a total of 19. If you look at Cooper Cup, he's 10, 11, and 12. So it's consistently going up. He has doubled the targets in two out of three weeks of Robert Woods. Not a great sign. Not a great sign. That's looking like an alpha and a beta instead of two good wide receivers like we thought they they would be. Um, two out of the three games Robert Woods uh, had were under 40 receiving yards too. So the receiving yards are not there. The targets are nothing special. He's not a big touchdown guy to begin with. I, I don't know what to do with this guy right now because I, I really like him. I think he can consume and handle targets. I think he's good at a lot of things. I mean, he runs the ball. I think the way he gets open and uh, you see his route running has been underrated, I feel like, in the past. But yeah, I don't know what to do with Robert Woods. Do you, got, do you have hope that things are going to swing up or do you think it's going to be the same of uh, he's just the B guy in this offense? It's funny because, uh, well, you know this, like I don't like golf. So in all my dynasty leagues, I have no Rams players because I never had, I didn't want golf. And then now that it flipped with Stafford, um, I still don't have any of these guys because I just never got on board. I just never drafted them. But I, you know, I think it'll come back to the media a little bit. I think it's going to correct itself a little bit. I think Cup's going to get, I think defenses are going to have to key on Cup a little bit more. And I do think that Cup's great, but you, you know, there's games where consistency can be, uh, be a question mark and health. So I do think Woods will get back in there. I think what scares me the most is not just Cub. It's like Deshaun Jackson will have a one catch for a touchdown. And then you get Van Jefferson in there um, and even Higby, right? Like, so I think the offense in itself, I think is more, it's not as one dimensional, even though they have really no rushing attack right now. Um, I just think that I think Woods just had a few, a few bad games. So I'm more on the mindset that it'll kind of go back to the median, but I don't know if Woods is ever going to be that clear cut alpha wide receiver one guy that we maybe thought he could be with Stafford. I think we're looking at a scenario where he's that one, a to one B and hopefully he has those good games, but he's a risk every time you start him right now. Like, let's make that clear. Like you're going to have to make a decision this next week. Do I start Woods or do I start a safer floor guy? And I still think you go with Woods one more week, but I, I know I understand the risk. I understand not doing it too. Yeah, the risk is there. And I mean, maybe you're looking at your matchup and you had a, a tough, a tough Thursday night outing against your opponent. And then, yeah. you know, Woods, let's say, plays at three o'clock on a, on a weekend. And now you're really juggling, like, hey, do I, do I go for safety or do I need to go for somebody that has a high ceiling that's uh, more of a dart throw. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like him as a player, he's shown us consistently through the last couple of years that he is a good player and he is a good fantasy asset. But if the usage doesn't shift a little bit, I, I'm going to be concerned plugging him in. I don't think, you know, he's not, he's not, a, we talked about drops. You'll never drop the guy. You're not going to sell him for a penny, but you might have to start kind of shifting around your lineup to, to fill your needs to win weeks now. So um, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping things swing up. I, I really am. Uh, the offense is too good for him to be a bust, you know? Yeah. And I think maybe my expectations were a, a bit high. I, I had him, I probably had him somewhere between 12 and 15. I don't, I don't know, floating around there somewhere. I, I'd have to look, but ain't really looking like that right now. Um, so on a we positive note, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to look at my preseason rankings. And nobody should. We've we got all these crazy guys all, all over the place with Coop, between Cooper Cup and, and Mike Williams and Patterson. You just go down the list of all these guys that are, like, surprising the world right now. But it is what it is. Uh, the funny thing is I put this on the show sheet, Kevin, and it sounded like sounded like we had the same guy. I think you put a bad word in there in, in parentheses because I, I, I stole your guy. I stole your guy. But my question was originally, and we'll talk about it, uh, who is a sleeper rest of the season for redraft? And it's it's important to talk about this sometimes because if you address it early on, then you don't have to rush to the waiver wire when this guy goes off and scores 20 fantasy points if he's a running back, a tight end, a wide receiver, whatever the case is. So kind of projecting a little bit more forward sometimes will will save you that, that, uh, that fab, that free agent acquisition budget or, you know, the waiver order to fight and get guys off waivers. So um, I like to try to do that often. I try to have one spot where I'm taking a shot in the dark for redraft 
in advance instead of uh, reacting to it. Um, that's something that's a little bit of a strategy that's worked sometimes. Sometimes it, it doesn't, you know, I, for instance, early on, I, I saved guys like Tyrell Williams and uh, Wayne Gallman, you know, at the end of my bench just to see, Hey, can I beat the waivers for these guys? Didn't work out, but in the past it's worked out. So for this one guy, and he just came off of IR is Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, 27th overall pick for the Baltimore Ravens in this past rookie class. A lot of people, a lot of people had him. I would say the majority of what I saw had him as the wide receiver two in the class. And people will juggle around and say, well, I had him as three or four or one or whatever the case is. I I saw a lot of two for this this rookie draft class. Um, The unfortunate part about him in August, he had the groin injury and he had to have surgery. But he's back at practice. He's out there running some routes today, actually. I saw clips of him. Doing, doing some work. So it's not like he's just out there jogging in circles. He, he was doing some work. Uh, good size and speed combination. They say he's got good hands. I think he offers something very different uh, in comparison to both Sammy Watkins and, and Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's been dropping balls left and right. Um, I think he might be another safety guy, man, for Lamar Jackson. I I, I do. You know, M- Mark Andrews, the last few years has been that that He's open, feed Mark Andrews. I think Rashad Bateman can do a nice job of being that guy too. Hollywood Brown's more of a stretch to field kind of guy. He's a, he's a vertical threat. And I think Rashad Bateman, I think he can be effective all over the field. So when he's healthy, you know, people will say, well, it's not a, it's not a passing offense. It's the Ravens run first offense. They've been, I mean, there, there's been weeks that Hollywood Brown's been good, right? I mean, yeah. when he's not dropping balls and I think Rashad Bateman's got a, a clear opportunity at hand once he's back healthy, I I really do, and I'm excited for him. So right now, I I promise I don't know the roster percentage. Let me look it up. But on on ESPN, I I, I grabbed him in multiple leagues for free because not a lot of people in your home leagues are really talking about a guy who was hurt. But he's only rostered in 8.2 percent of ESPN leagues right now. So if you want to take a shot, you got that extra uh, spot on your bench. I, I'm I'm going with Rashad Bateman uh, rest of the season for a sleeper. Kevin, give me give me your thoughts because obviously this is a guy you thought about as well. Yeah, no, I wrote about him uh, before the season started. And when you look at his profile, the nicest thing is, so he was my wide receiver three coming out. And uh, the ability to create separation and get off the line against press coverage. Those are the two things I liked about him coming out of, out of college. And similar to Justin Jefferson, he profiled very well. So he had 43.7% college dominator rating, uh, which put him in the 88th percentile among all wide receivers. So he had a breakout age of 18.8. That means he's really good. 94th percentile from among all wide receivers. Uh, And in 2019, he had 46 catches on passes thrown 10 plus yards downfield. So he has the ability to take the top off the defenses. And let's say his hands are much better than Marquise Brown, especially after last week. Uh, And he can do that. So I really think that we could see that we're going to shift to where you're going to have to compete with Andrews with those targets too. But Andrews has not had the year that we've expected to usually see from him. Uh, I think Brown will shift a little bit to being that big play guy now. Like, just like we kind of mentioned, he had that three catches, whatever. But I think Bateman's going to be that that outlet. I, I really do. I, I talked about it. Like, in uh, in redraft and stuff, he's going as wide receiver 58 before the season. Like, people like Russell Gage, Devontae Parker were getting drafted ahead of him. And I'm like, hey, what is he doing here? We got to take Bateman. And obviously, Bateman got hurt. But I think he's back. I think he's a very good – that's a very good call on your on your part. Uh, and that's who I would say. I mean, right now it's very scarce out there. Am I going to say Peyton Barber? No, hell no. So to me, it's Bateman, and maybe he can kind of you know, elevate that. Like I would say, I'd probably want Bateman more than Mooney, right at this point. And those yeah, guys are getting yeah. drafted around the same time based on that offense. So if you can get Bateman and drop Mooney and do those things, I would do that. And you brought up a good point about like a guy like Peyton Barber, and I I can't even think of the other guy uh, that a lot of people have been talking about, but. Bateman can be a rest of the year, very important starter for the team. And a lot of times what happens on the waiver wire is that we have these short-term guys that get plugged in. So Peyton Barber, Jacobs might be out another week. Okay, so you got one more week of Peyton Barber, which what does that do for the rest of the season for you? Or um, I just pulled it up here. Uh, This guy looked pretty good last week, but Nick Westbrook, if I'm saying that right, on the Tennessee Titans, he had 13.3 fantasy points last week. He scored a touchdown, four for four, uh, catches the targets. He's filling in because A.J. Brown is week to week, and now Julio might be banged up. These are very short-term pickups on the waiver wire. Uh, you just go keep going down the list. E- even Hubbard, I mean, when CMC is back, he's not going to be useful, in my opinion, for fantasy. But a guy like Rashad Bateman, 
you pick him up now, he might be useful for the the rest of the year. Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to go away. He can be the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two on this team, regardless of how often you say they throw the ball. So I think that's important. I think that's important for waivers sometimes is like, how long, how long is this going to be relevant to my fantasy team? No, I think that's exactly 100% what you got to do. Like, you know, and you got to look at that from the long-term perspective, especially with the extra game, injuries happen. And, okay, you know, I'd rather have that wide receiver. And I'm not betting money on Peyton Barber. I mean, Jacob's going to come back at some point. The other guy that you mentioned, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, but those guys, like, I'm not betting money on those guys. Give me the guys that I think are solid, that they drafted, they use high draft capital on, they're going to use them. Unless you're the Giants and Tony. But everybody else uses their high draft capital pick. You've had a couple of Giants comments, Kevin. I'm, I'm I hate thinking the Giants. You're not, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan. Giants guy. No, <laughs> not a big Giants fan. Not it's, Eagles it's, either. either. It's one. coming together. I'm like the the hangover gif with all the uh, the numbers coming across <laughs> my, my my face right now. But uh, all right, as always, we'll shift into starts of the week. So Kevin and I go through starts of the week. We say, you know, why we feel that this person will do better than expected. So sometimes it's a guy you might've been playing already. Sometimes it's a guy that might be on your bench, might be on the waiver wire, just kind of depends. And and we are typically higher than the consensus expectation on these guys for the coming week. Um, And then on the next week, you know, into the next week, we usually review it. So sometimes we hit it on the head, some great calls and other times it, we, we don't, we don't. And that's just the beauty <laughs> of fantasy football. I mean, it, yes. it's all unpredictable. It's all predicted guessing. So QB start of the week, Kevin, who you got this week? Yeah. So my QB starts Ryan Tannehill. And uh, when you look at that Tannehill, he's playing against the Jets. I'll take the against whoever plays the Jets all day. You know, Tannehill hasn't looked great this year. I think last week against Indy, he looked a little bit better. He had three touchdowns, but he did have two picks. I think they're going to lean on that that rushing attack with Henry, a lot of play action. I think this is the week that we see maybe if A.J. Brown's playing. I haven't heard anything that he's not playing, but we'll see. I think he's going to be all right. Then you have Julio, who's looked okay. I do think they're going to get them more involved. So I, I'm, I'm okay with going on Tannehill here, leaning against him. I think he's a good streaming option for some guys out there streaming going against the Jets. And you know what? A lot of people have said, you know, I was reading some match previews to this and, and, and they said like, you know, it's it's the Jets. It's the Jets. They might just run the ball most of the game, but they're not going to give. And I know Derrick Henry is probably good for like 45 attempts, but they're not going to give him 100 attempts in no. this game. So sometimes when you do actually pound the rock more, it means more efficiency for the passing game. So that actually might help if they do have a nice lead on the Jets and, and it opens up things for a guy that, pretty much has to get back on track. So yeah. I'm interested to see what's up with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. They both might play. They both might miss. I, I don't know, but I don't think that changes the fact that the matchup is good. Um, they'll run the ball a lot. And I think it's a good game for uh, Tannehill to get right in this one. So I, when do I, we, uh, w- when do we both start worrying about AJ Brown, Nick, when is this happening? Are we worried yet? Are we, are we getting there? I'm, I'm trying to pull it up, but I, I thought the last thing I saw was week to week. But there's no – oh, yeah, there is a questionable no, – Just in general, because he has not had a good year all year. So, like, are, are no, we worried no. about this? Like, are we worried about it? Because hamstring, now he hasn't had a good game. Like, I mean, people were talking about wide receiver one. I don't know what dumbass did that. That was me. Uh, so, now I'm worried now. Now I'm a little worried. I, uh, you know, I feel like let's take health out of it. Let's just say he's completely healthy the rest of the year. Yeah. Am I Am I worried? I don't think I'm necessarily worried because I feel like if you bought into AJ Brown, you didn't buy into, you know, it's because he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. You know, yeah. I, I don't think that's why you bought into, obviously it's, it's Tannehill. I'm just trying to make the point of it's not the quarterback, but I don't think you bought into AJ Brown because of that. I don't think you bought into him because it's a highly schemed passing offense. I think you bought into the talent of, of him and, and how he can, just bust open a play when he's got the ball in his hands and just extend the field or you can, you can make plays happen from a short yardage uh, gain. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried. I just feel like maybe certain expectations were higher than will be reality, but yeah. I'm not going to sell them for the low. Absolutely not. I'm not going to okay. do that. I, I'd be trying to buy him right now. Maybe um, if somebody is, because again, the reason you thought he was going to do good, I don't think that changes. The only thing that will affect it, I think is, is health and and yeah. should Tannehill be better? Should this offense be better? Sure, sure. But you can say that about a lot of people. You can say that about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's not having like the the most phenomenal season right now because the offense kind of looks like crap. Um, yeah. are, are 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 you 
do you have major concerns for AJ Brown? Are you feeling it differently? Uh, I would say that I'm concerned about him with Julio for some reason being there. I think it's kind of messed up that chemistry that he had and the targets there. I think that definitely has hurt him a little bit because I know sure. that AJ Brown was the real guy. It just it looks off. I don't know the knee thing too. He's had knee surgeries that we talked about. Like there's something yeah. concerning me a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm not that worried, but I do think that um, I, I did see someone say like if you have Cooper Cup, you should try to trade Cooper Cup for AJ Brown in Dynasty, which. I don't know at this point. Like, if he's balling this much, like, I think one thing as a community and one thing just as fantasy players, just because someone's playing well, don't you don't have to trade them. Like, you can just yeah. ride this thing out. Like, even yeah. Dynasty, I mean, they're not that old. Uh, so I'm just a little worried. I, I'm getting hesitant about that offense, what it looks like. I think I think I am. I, I say out of 10 being the most worried, I'm about a five. I'm in the middle. Like, I'm like, okay, what's going to yeah. happen with this? And hamstrings suck. You know that. You're an athlete, like, or a former athlete, right? Like, you know, like, that's, that's, hamstrings are terrible. Hey, I, I got out there in a scrimmage today and I played on the subs I played on the second team and I scored a goal. So that's hey, all I gotta go. say. He's so back. I'm still I'm still an athlete at, at nah, I don't know. We'll see about how, how I feel tomorrow <laughs> morning. But um yeah, good good points, good points. I, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that if he's not playing this week that it's not a long term thing because it's gonna really, really frustrate people. Hopefully he's back yeah. this week. I, I don't know. I don't know what the case is. I'll have to ask my injury expert uh Google on that. But um my QB star of the week, and I don't like this division at all, but uh, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins, even though he's playing the Cleveland Browns that just ate up Justin Fields last week. But looking at looking at Cousins, he's been very, very good. He's been very good in fantasy lately. Yeah. Uh, 22 fantasy, 22 plus fantasy points and two plus touchdowns in all three games. So it's not like he's had one really good game last week. All three games, he's been solid. Uh, fourth in completion percentage and fourth in QB rating. Only three players in the league have more than his eight touchdowns. Uh, another stat I looked up to, which I liked, um, he's only been sacked five times. So when I look at what happened with Fields, obviously it's two different systems, two different O-lines, two different head coaches. But what I looked at with Fields is he was super unsuccessful, uh, partially because he was getting hit all the time. Kirk yeah. Cousins, on the other hand, has only been sacked five times. So 20 QBs in the league have been sacked more times than Kirk Cousins. And it could be due to the competition. We can attribute that uh, that to other factors. But when I look at the Cleveland defense, they're good at getting to the quarterback. And the Vikings have been pretty good about not letting that happen. So he's been on fire. And I feel like you just got to ride the hot hand. And he again, he's a guy that you can pick up, uh, up off of waivers. I think almost every week people have been putting him on the, the waiver wire list. And if you look at his roster percentage, he's still under 50% roster in ESPN. He's at 44.2%. I'm, I'm going with the odd hand. He's projected 17.8. He's been scoring 22-plus every game. I'm, I'm, I'm going with him this week. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Do you, do you not like this matchup, or are you confident he's going to have another good game? No, I think he's fine. I think this is a very safe play, I, Like I, even at the matchup that he plays. like I think that you're looking – Cousins just wins leagues. <laughs> he's just that guy that you draft late, and you're just like, yeah, I can see two touchdowns, 300 yards, easy, and just where the game script's going to go. Uh, that, that, that the defense is good. He's playing, but they're going to have to come from behind. So I, I like it. I think that he's a very safe play. I think he's a very solid quarterback. Somebody in a, in a league, um, and it's a weird league. It's a dynasty, but then it's a Russian roulette league. So every year one position gets killed off and put onto the waiver wire for rookie ah, drafts. Nice, so it, it's crazy. Nice. It, it's, it's cool. So sometimes you got to play certain things as redraft and some guy wanted, wanted me to pay, Kirk Cousins plus something for Trevor Lawrence, and I had no interest just because one guy's been very good, the other guy yeah. has not been, and that position might be killed off anyways, you know, after this season. So why even make this dynasty trade? So um, he's been good. He's been good. Uh, running back wise, running back wise, which is could be tough, could be tough because we've had a lot of weird, we've had a lot of weird weeks for running backs. I, I kind of want to pull up that uh, that list here. Before I get you, I should should just have it right in front of me. Um, nah, I've been looking right. at it throughout the throughout the days. But if we look at the running backs right now, and and I know most people pre predicted these standings, but Derrick Henry number one, about accurate. Aaron Jones two, DeAndre Swift. We gotta love that. Wait, who? Who's that? DeAndre, DeAndre Swift? Swift. Yeah, oh, the guy that wow. the guy that the guy that's on uh, an offense that's never had uh, a running back be good since you know. Sanders uh, yeah. back in the day yeah. and, and they're going to be losing every game. So he can't be good. And 
Uh, he's going to get completely split and, and um, beat out by Jamal Williams. All these reasons why he's not good. But he's the running back three right now, and he's phenomenal. I saw somebody today say that he might be the dynasty RB1 if McCaffrey's out of the picture. And huh. Wow, not, shit. Hey. I feel like somebody was talking about that. I don't know who it was, but somebody was out here talking Damn. about that. Damn. I mean, I'm not going to say anything else behind that. But we go down the list. We got a guy, Kareem Hunt. He's above Nick Chubb right now. Uh, Jamal Williams is at 10, who's in that same system. Um, it's so interesting because there's a lot of other guys. I think Patterson's at 17. And if, if I'm looking at things the correct way, it's, it's not what we expected. Tony Pollard, uh, RB 18, uh, Melvin Gordon, RB 12. There's a lot of interesting standings right now for, for how the running back position has gone and things will even out as we go down the road. But, um, so it kind of makes it hard to predict things going forward. But, uh, wh what do you think for uh, the running back position? Who's a player that stands out to you as a good, good start this week? Okay. So everyone needs to hear me out here. Uh, cause I picked someone who I, I, I think based on last game, what he did against Dallas, which he only, how the hell does Miles Sanders only have two attempts against the Dallas Cowboys? Like, I don't understand it. Like, that offense always frustrates me. I feel like Sanders is a lot better than what he gets credit for just because of the uses that he gets. Like, he had four targets, which is fine. The game script probably kind of screwed him anyway. But I think Miles Sanders against Kansas City. Kansas City is one and two. Eckler had a pretty good game last week that you saw. I thought he did well. I think that they're going to use Sanders in a way that they didn't use him last week. And I think they're going to kind of be like, hey, you know what? we got to use Sanders. We've got to use this usage and get him there. I can see him getting the targets. They're going to get him more involved. Guaranteed that he'll have 15 attempts. I believe that he's going to have 15 attempts. He's going to have the targets. So to me, the usage is going to be there. And they kind of went away from Gainwell as well. So like they didn't really use him. I could see Sanders getting that usage that we like to see. I think that they're going to have to realize just like abandoning the run last game did not work. I yeah. mean, it wasn't in their favor. And he was productive with the touches he, he had, uh, five touches, 55 yards. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Um, he had 15 carries. So Kevin saying 15 carries is the mark he feels he's going to be at. He had that week one against the, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, in week two, he had 13, but he had uh, 14 total touches. So around that mark as well. So his first two games, he was right around that sort of volume. I think they kind of just lost the plot this last game. I think they tried to, I think they lost what they were probably trying to get after in this game and, and, and try to improvise way too much by establishing an all out passing game that didn't work out. So when things don't work out, you kind of have to switch up the game plan a little bit and maybe get back to what has made them successful early on. And that was having a little bit of both. So uh, I think it's going to be a get right week for him um, just because I think the volume is going to be much, much better because if you look at the score sheet as a coach after a game, this is for any sport and you look at what you tried to do and it just didn't work out, then you have to adjust. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. Um, my guy, I did want to throw out there and I saw it on, I, I wrote down notes and then I saw it on Twitter and then I quoted it on Twitter, but I think it might be a good get right week for Jonathan Taylor against Miami, just because the first three weeks, the dolphins gave up a hundred yards to Damian Harris. Then they had a combo of Singletary and Moss for over a hundred yards. And then Peyton Barber that you talked about earlier, tore up Miami. So I think Jonathan Taylor, this might be a get right week for him. Not my pick though. Uh, I went and I, I feel uneasy about this. So maybe you're going to have to talk me out of it unless you agree too. But last game, he had more snaps, more touches, more targets than Devin Singletary. He scored 15.4. And 18.1 fantasy points weeks two and three, which combined would be the RB10 across those two weeks. Small sample size, but Zach Moss is hot right now. And it sounds weird to say, but the Texans matchup seems like a good matchup that I know the Buffalo Bills will probably never just pound the rock when they have a big lead and only do that. But I think that if they have a comfortable lead, they'll be more at ease running the ball, you know, more often than they, they typically do. But He's hot right now, and I feel like I want to ride the hot hand in, in the flex position for this guy. Uh, he's only projected, I think, like 10.6, but he's eclipsed that two weeks in a row and been pretty good, uh, and he's scoring too. Uh, the offense is good, obviously, but against the Texans, I'm thinking that they might be in some nice scoring positions, so maybe that will equal red zone snaps for, for Moss, if that's the case, even though Josh Allen kind of snipes those a lot as is. But uh, am I – 
am I off with this one or are you not sold? Uh, maybe it's just a matchup for me. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about Moss? No, I, I actually mentioned Moss recently. I, I'm starting him in a couple of leagues. I think that the touchdown upside is there. And if he can get you like what, 18 carries, 70 yards and a touchdown, if he can, if he doesn't yeah. get that much, maybe he gets 12 and a 70 and a touchdown. Uh, they use him in the pass game a little bit. I think it's really one of those things where, it's kind of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde with him, especially with Singletary. Like, who are they going to use? Where are they going to go with? I do think if they get in the red zone, they're going to use Moss. And I think Allen will uh, – they're going to lean on him a little bit. They haven't ran a lot with Allen. And, and I think that's one of the key things that we've seen. Allen hasn't really had that rushing upside that we like to see. I think it's partly because they don't want him to hurt, but also they're going to use Moss in the red zone. And and Moss is fine as a red zone back. Like, he's, he was always got touted as being that next guy. He was never going to be that. But if he can score a touchdown for you, I think he's one of those dependent touchdown guys. But I like the matchup. Houston's not good. Yeah, I think the matchup stands out. Uh, and I like the fact that he's has those, again, touches, targets, snaps, more than Singletary last game. But that might swing back and forth. But, again, uh, I'm going to yeah. ride that matchup and ride the hot hand. Wide receiver position, deepest position in fantasy football. Um, I'll start this one off. And he's a guy I've liked historically, but the, the rookie's been balling out on you know the Bengals here. But – T. Higgins just got ruled out of this Thursday matchup, and I like I like Tyler Boyd as a flex. Yes. Um, I, again, I'm not saying he's your wide receiver one. It's a flex. He's a flex, and I'm comfortable uh, doing that. He led the team in targets with Higgins out versus Pittsburgh last week, and he scored a touchdown. Uh, 15 targets the last two games with Joe Burrow. That's a good sign, I think, for Tyler Boyd. And if you look at last year, he clicked instantly with this guy. And I, and I always say, because the number 11 stands out, uh, I think weeks 1 through 11 – Tyler Boyd was wide receiver 11 before Joe Burrow got hurt. So he has a good connection with Joe Burrow. Um, you're taking one of the three main guys out of the system. They don't use the you know tight end like crazy. Maybe Joe Mixon will get more targets. I, I don't know. But there, there's not going to be a – I think Mendy actually was commenting in the chat, uh, which we could not see. But I think he was saying something about Auden Tate, and he had a dream about Auden Tate having a, a good game. I know Mendy has a lot of dreams about Auden Tate. Um, but maybe this one's ironic. I don't know, but I, I think Tyler Boyd's a good play this week against the Jaguars, a good matchup. Uh, one of the best pass catchers on the team is out of the mix and, and he's a good, uh, target hog for Joe Burrow when, when he needs him. So, um, any, any thoughts before we shift into your guy about Tyler Boyd? I love Tyler Boyd. You know that Tyler Boyd is my guy. I think that he is going to have that. You saw what he did last week. I think with the usage that they're going to see if, if Higgins is out, Chase and Boyd should be in every starting lineup. I don't see why not, especially with the with the game this Thursday. Like I'm all all I'm on board. Uh, Tyler Boyd's always been underrated to my in my opinion. I think that he's a very solid wide receiver three option on every team that you have, especially in Dynasty. I think he's a very solid guy. Yeah. Who, who's your guy for this week? All right, again, I'm diving into the deep end with these two guys. My oh, running back God. wide receiver, uh -oh. Allen Robinson. All right, let's talk. Oh Alan. man, uh, you know what? Please, please, for the love yeah. of God, do something. It's like the the picture of the guy with the stick poking something. Like, do something, which is not his fault entirely, but yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is shit. At this point, you play in Detroit. They have the one of the worst defenses in the league. That that off, offenses just go up and down all day on this team. They have really no pass rush when you watch them play. I think they're going to have time if they open up. They got to give Robinson the ball at some point. You got to give your guy the ball. I mean, and the six targets he had against Cleveland, we talked about already when we talked about Fields. It's just they weren't real legit targets. You look at the air yards, everything there, it wasn't there. Yeah. I think that Robinson, this is his game. I think he breaks out. I think they win this game. They're back to two and two. Fields looks good. Allen Robinson is there, and Allen Robinson will have a good game. Eight eight catches, hundred yards, touchdown. The old Allen Robinson that we love to see. For the love of God, please, please. That's all I'm going to say is because 9.5, 10.4, and 4.7 fantasy points, not good. Uh, the last two games combined, he's got four catches. So the only the, the only way I'm going to be hesitant about Robinson is if Matt Nagy said openly that I think Dalton's like in a boot or something. I, I, he's not even suiting up or anything, but he said it's going to be like an open – competition this week and and we'll, we'll see who the quarterback's going to be and he threw out the name Nick Foles in there too so if if, if they go crazy and, and, and start Foles then maybe I'm like ah, I don't know if it's gonna be Robinson's week but uh I'm I'm with you because I I feel like again get right week after a bad loss get right yes. game it's got to be Detroit it's got to be Detroit and I feel like they won't have to deal with a pass rush nearly if not anywhere close to what they did last week and um, he's, he's talented. We know he's talented. He's dealt with terrible situations in the past and terrible 
quarterback play. So I think it's a good get white, uh, get white, get right week for this guy. And I'm hoping so as a Bears fan because, man, the Detroit doesn't look like a walk in the park. They've given some people some decent games this year. So um, hoping, hoping that's the case. Uh, we'll close things out here with the tight end, and I'll fly through mine. Again, sometimes you just have to go with what looks what looks like a good connection and what's hot. And I know a lot of people don't like Mike Gusecki, but seeing he was targeted by Jacoby Brissett 12 times and he had 10 catches last game, um, I think Jacoby wants to pass the ball short. Uh, and, and Gusecki was that guy last game. Um, so his ceiling might be limited with yardage, but this guy scored in 40% of his games last year. Um, and if he's got that many targets – with Jacoby, it seems like they got a good connection. He's going to be looking for him, so I'm going to ride with the hot hand there. When two is back, maybe I'm pivoting away and saying I'm I'm not with Gasecki. Uh, so that's that's my quick take on on him. Uh, any Gasecki thoughts, and then and then give us your guy. Yeah, that's probably the one I disagree with you on. I I'm out on Gasecki. I've been kind of out on Gasecki this whole year. Uh, but I mean, like you said, I don't know what Jacoby says is bad at football. How come teams can't get backup quarterbacks? Is it just that quarterbacks are that bad that they just can't get backups? The, the because, Bills did. The Bills did. The Bills. Yeah, I know. Shit. Bills, you know, <laughs> Dolphins, you missed your you missed your window. Trubisky, baby. Yeah, uh, Trubisky season. It could have been I, for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's hard for me to start a Dolphin with Bruce, um, Jacoby back there. But I, I can see. I mean, shoot, if he's going to dump it down to anybody, probably him. Uh, but, no, my guy is Noah Fant. And, you know, I, he obviously had a bad game last week. He only had three targets. They didn't really need him in the Jets. They kind of shut down that offense. One thing went up, they went up early. It was 26 0. Uh, but this week against Baltimore, Baltimore is known to give up uh, some receiving points to tight ends. And you saw it with Hawkinson. You, you've seen it. So I do think that, you know, obviously Hawkinson had the game. He had the targets that were there the week before. You know, you see it against Kelsey. So, like, I think that Baltimore. Can give up the targets and the receiving yards to the tight ends. I think you have to start Fant. I think Fant's going to have a good game. And he's had some nice targeted weeks the first two weeks, eight okay, and six. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty decent for the tight end position. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, what happened with the game last week wasn't really needed when you got two running backs that they keep using. Just 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 continue to utilize those guys. Uh, a note I read earlier, and it goes right with what you said, but Baltimore has some issues in coverage at linebacker. And I I like Patrick Queen a lot, but it doesn't mean that, you know, a guy like him or whoever else is in the middle, they might be able to handle what's in front of them. But when they're actually um, taking account for the the tight end position, then it opens things up. So I, I like Noah Fanton. KJ Hamler, ACL tear, another guy. I feel like there's been so many ACL tears this year. So I don't many. know if it's it, – has it been like this every year? I, I don't know. I uh, I feel like it's been unreal how many have, have happened this year. But KJ Hamler now out of the mix. So Judy's not back. And, I mean, what are you looking at? I mean, Sutton, Sutton's had some some decent production lately, and uh, Tim Patrick will get his. But I think Fant's got to be the, the second, maybe the first. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not – I'm not going to get into that. But – but uh most talented guy. I mean, first or second most talented guy on the team. So he's going to get some, some volume in a game that they're going to have to throw the ball against Baltimore. Like that call, like that call. All right. So we got 50, almost eight minutes on the clock here. Uh, good show as always. Um, you can find Kevin at the boys underscore 22 me at P two W fantasy, obviously on, uh, on Twitter here. Uh, thank you guys for listening and, and watching uh, either live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever the case is. Really appreciate that. Um, Kevin, what's what's coming up for you the rest of the week? I know you're always working on something, scheming up something uh, behind the scenes over there. So what, what's uh, what's coming up? Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, – I'm actually going to take a couple of days off, I think, from content. Um, you know, you can catch me Friday morning. Uh, I always do a college football preview. I go through about six different guys that you can watch. Uh, I, I stream it on Twitter and the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel, and I go through a couple of games that I like. So that will be Friday. But after that, I'm, I'm taking a few days off, spending with my family, uh, the kids, and, and going to take some time. Good, good, as you should, as you should. Um, I'll be live Sunday, but – Otherwise, I think I'm just gonna chill out and just put out random stat tweets or something like that uh, when I'm when I'm bored at at work. But uh, I got some soccer ahead of me, and I found out we have some family pictures on Saturday, which I I was told that I was told multiple times, but I am now just putting two and two together. So got that going on. So maybe I won't be doing as much either. But uh, <laughs> I had family pictures on uh, Sunday, Nick. Uh, one hour. Oh, I was taking family pictures, smiling and just loving my life. That's how I'll say that. 
Turned out good? I mean, yeah, my wife was happy. I, I hate family pictures, and I hate that how much money they cost because it hurts my soul. Uh, but it was good. Family was good, you know, but it's just one of those – it's a daddy thing. It's a husband and daddy thing, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like we'll appreciate it down the road, but, like, right now – I don't know, maybe not as much, but uh, it'll be interesting with my my daughter. She uh, she's one of two people. She's either like the sweetest, like happiest girl, or she's extremely mean right yes. now. So we'll see how she is for pictures <laughs> on Saturday. All right, we'll close things out here. Uh, thank you guys again for watching, and good luck with your week four fantasy matchups. Have a good night. See you guys.